Blog Talk Radio. The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute, integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now, on with the show. That time, we have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs> Welcome into the Net Live. Thank you, Casey Patterson. Uh, K-Pat putting us in. Boom. Boom. And DJ Roche just having uh, myself and and he in there. Did you have a canceled uh, flight? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who canceled flights in the last couple of weeks. I forgot. I thought I vowed I would never come back once you guys (laughs) took me out of there. I can't believe I'm here. Trying to work yourself back in. You can hear Kevin Barnett and... Chris McGee here in the show. You're not taking off the website. I see you surfing the website there. We appreciate you tuning in. I don't see any uh, chat room going. Out no. there, wherever you are. Well, you can't get it on there. That's the problem. IPad, you get it on the iPad? You get no chat board on the oh. iPad. Yeah, that's the problem. What's you know? the point of coming, then? Uh, people will be talking about you. You won't even be able to respond. You'll have to re- rely on me as a filter. Yeah. And thanks for relying on us as your source for volleyball knowledge in the week. We have a nice show planned for you today. Steve Bishop, President of the PVL, Premier Volleyball League, is going to come on and tell us about his efforts to jumpstart professional volleyball in the United States. He's also the executive director of the Florida region of USA Volleyball. And if you don't know, USA Volleyball divided into a series of regions across the United States who are primarily responsible for a lot of the programming you see at the adult level, the juniors level. They're many times involved with bringing the national teams in for events like World League, which happened in Reno this past weekend. And he is trying to utilize that structure, that regional framework, to bring in professional volleyball in the United States. And I think it's kind of at a semi-pro level right now, but we'll talk to Steve about the genesis of this idea and the implementation. Now, 15 women's What was the teams, old pro league? Five men's. Which one? There was a women's one. There's never been a men's one. No, right? there's never been a men's one. There was rumor way back that there was going to be a men's one yeah, in 97 or 8 somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Uh, I actually played an exhibition for potential owners, that kind of thing. We played a, uh, a straight scoring system, two points for a back row kill, one point for a front row kill with a clock, and played a, like, 85. You know, it was whatever the score ended up. It was like basketball. Uh, kind of a fun event, actually. I enjoyed playing that. It was, it was an interesting experiment. But when the back rows were two points, sure. you don't sit anywhere else. The middles, you thought they were useless before offensively? Do we need wow. to change the rules all the time? Let's just play volleyball or no? I think you need to do something to make the game a little different. Gotcha. Was, was having good discussions this weekend with Doug Beal about that. Couple, I always thought a women's pro weekend. league should go, though. I, always feel, I mean, I know it's tough for women's soccer to get going, and they're trying to re- reboot it. It's 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 really hard. Think about it, though. It's hard for women's soccer, which has a bigger footprint. Yep. It's hard for women's softball, which had a lot of attention on the Olympics. Point. What if you had the right town? They had though, two right leagues city. that went down. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, of course, you had the Minnesota Chill. You had the – was it U.S.? USPVL, USP. That's, that's what I was. I, trying to I get can't even keep track of the acronyms anymore. Yeah. 
it's a it's a Wikipedia page, just the professional leagues that have existed for women is indoor, because there have been at least five in the last twenty years. Because there were a couple, been that many. There were a couple back in the mid mid early nineties. Wow, going on. So uh, this is another effort. This is, I think, a unique approach to take it through the regions, not outputting a lot of money right away, just kind of utilizing the talent that still wishes to play post-college. And there's some good names. You go through the rosters, there's some good names in there, both men and women. And I remember, like, between 04 and 08, it really had some legs with it, too. There was a lot of talk of getting the, you know, the best of the beach and the best of the indoor to kind of have a professional, you know, that there, there had some Team legs. Cup kind of. Team Cup kind of thing. I think the Team Cup's kind of a cool one-off concept. You just, again, you have to get people to show up for it, and you have to somehow put it into the busy schedule of, the professional athletes. Yeah. If you're going to get those guys to show up, and you're going to have to pay them to be there, it's uh, it's not an easy one to conquer. I kind of wish people could see us right now because kind of I have my feet up on the couch. We have Wimbledon in the background. I mean, this would be a great job if we got paid. <laughs> could you imagine, like, if we made a lot of money doing this? Yeah, that's what the guys would do the podcast. If we were like, like Mark, Adam Carolla or Bill Simmons or Mark Marin, yeah, you'd make a lot of money just kind of watching sports in the background. I listened to Mark Marin's show. I couldn't handle it. Could couldn't do it. Carolla's okay. I like, I like Carolla, but both like those Bill guys Simmons? are just bitter. Like Bill Simmons? I haven't tried him. Bill Simmons is a great writer. Okay. I think his podcast is I've seen good. him on ESPN, I don't think right? A little bit? Good. The draft? I don't think he's good in the ABC broadcast and ESPN. Like, I just don't think that's his strength, and I don't think the people they have around him, they don't really have a leader, they don't really have a host. Will Bond should be the host. He's not. They kind of mix it up. Jalen Rose is the host, right? Yeah, they, they, they don't even know. So that they've, <laughs> they failed there. And, and, and Bill Simmons, it's just not – he's not great. But he's really funny. He's a great writer. He likes to fight with Doc Rivers. I know that. Yeah, calls him Glenn. It's pretty sweet. World League was in Reno this past weekend. We'll have a recap of that for you. Also, Coach's Corner, ABCA Coach's Corner, coming up with Andrea Becker, mental coach to UCLA and also the men's national team. Had was that uh, – at Irvine, right? She was. Fra. Now she's at UCLA. Now she's with the men's national team. Fra gives her a lot of cred. Had an opportunity to sit down with Andrea for a little while. That'll be our Coach's Corner segment. And then Mark Pavlik of Penn State ran off some audio with him as well as Max Holt. And I hope you've been catching – our audio we've been putting up. We've had audio up the last uh, the last couple of weekends coming from Tulsa and coming from Reno. Reno. Opportunity to hear from guys. John Spraw had a nice sit down Seeley. with him. Sealy. Sealy a while back. Yep. We may play some of that on here too, but you can go back and listen to those. We had a little preview for you in between matches. As a matter of fact, it was Rich Lamborn and John Spraw. An opportunity to talk to both of them. That's pretty cool. John Spraw on on trying to get back and and take control of his team and wrestle it away from Matt Forbringer. How have the because uh, because Furby was one and one he, he no he's one to know he's one to know John he had to show up the second night he couldn't leave it go <laughs> uh, I bet that was pretty funny how did Furby do were you at that match he was one to know yeah the team played well they won a do set in the second over France. demeanor on the sideline uh, his demeanor on the sideline was pretty good pretty good I thought uh, still kind of in that playing mode where he wanted to get up and you know was he was he no no sitting down the whole time really yeah cruising that couldn't have been easy cruising. Here, I can give you the little, uh, we'll give you a little early part of John Spraw talking about Matt Ferbringer. This is the Net Live. Oh, right, yeah, right. This is for the Net Live. So this is John this between weekend. Between Bulgaria matches here in Reno with John Spraw. John, how were you able to wrestle the control of this organization back from Matt Ferbringer? <laughs> it was tough. Right. Obviously, the uh, result that we had with Ferbs was, was awesome. We, uh, we were talking beforehand about The, the team you, was way better. The team was way better. And they, I think they rallied around him because we all love Ferbs. He didn't want to be 0-1 for the entire quad. And no. I think uh, now he's now he's going to be batting 1,000 for four years. That's great. <laughs> there you go. So, Matt Furbringer. Basically him saying that's his last game as the head coach. Oh, yeah. No yeah, he, he won 0 for the quad. You don't let anyone sit in that yeah. chair. 
especially now that they're going to go one and two thousand thirteen. He's already saying the whole quad. He'll never get another <laughs> chance. <laughs> well, let's give you the update on World League. The United States men won night number one against Bulgaria. Well attended match up there in combination with boys JOs. Pretty good crowd. Again, people in the United States. Great please. crowd or pretty good crowd? Pretty good crowd because it was crowded. It, was, it looked great on television. It was packed. Was it in the convention center, you know, with the, the stands around, or where, yeah. where they do it? Okay, yeah, convention know. center. It looks very Bulgarian in there, so I bet they were comfortable. Is that where I won gold? Do you remember? I don't, I don't know. Is that where it is? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done anything lately, so I've got to bring that up. It was in the event center, not the convention center. Oh. Convention center is over by Atlantis, right? Yeah. That's where JLS was going on. This was at the event center, which is right downtown by the Silver Lake. Yep, won it there in 2005. Okay. Part of the Geet Pete? Yep. No, that was the, oh. that was the first one. The first title. So, we're we're in that building. Night number one, United States wins three zero. Uh huh. Good match from the Americans. Bulgarians terrible. Who set? Terrible. Kyle Caldwell, UCLA. Why do you keep switching setters on me? I thought Soji was getting. Sh- uh, who's Thornton? What's going on? John Sprott talked about it a little bit. He, okay. he felt like Caldwell had a good week of practice. He's the he's the one that everyone thinks is great, right? Like the young kid that's going to be really good. Or no? I don't know if people can even say that the kid hasn't set long enough. He set one year in college. He's left-handed. He's six foot eight. Those two things are cool. He can turn and hit, and he can turn and hit a la Jeff Stork. Haven't seen that since the Jeff Stork era, where he can turn and swing. Uh, his location, night number one, was okay. His touch on the ball, bleh, yeah. not so much, but the ball was getting there. Night number two, he struggled, and Spraw stuck with him because this is about learning, right? You want to see. You can't have it. Things go well, great. Things go poorly. Immediately, you take the kid out. You don't learn anything about him. I feel like Karch and John, I've read that they both are very interested in that youth movement and letting these guys and these women learn. Yeah, and not just panicking and yanking, going for wins all the time. You know, kind of Phil Jackson in, in like January. It's tough. It's tough to let that happen, I think. Because 100%. You want to win. You just want to win. Of course, of course. And it seems like everything's always important, too. It's not like you're playing four matches a week. Right. Like in basketball. Right. right. You yeah. don't have another game two days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's equally meaningless. <laughs> this is all But they meaningful do seem stuff. committed to developing the youth. Yes. So you're going to see matches like this where he's going to leave people too long for the first couple mm-hmm. of years. Because that's the only way you learn. You don't learn anything about anybody when, when things are going well, right? You've yeah. coached. True. You learn about them when things are 100%. going poorly. How do they react? Are they able to come back? Do they get upset with their teammates? Do they get down on themselves? What are they doing? You know, I've always tried to explain that to parents, too, at, at, at the younger level, and you have to keep reminding players as they get older. It, people, especially this day and age, there is that panic factor, I call it, where if things aren't great from the get-go or they have slumps, you know, parents at that junior's level, they're so like – they want to blame everything. They want to try to figure it out. What's the problem? And it's a full panic instead of just going, hey, you're going to get beat on certain days. You're not going to play well on certain days. You have to learn how to get through rough times. You have to manage your body. You have to manage time. All this stuff. And this goes for every sport. It, they don't allow that to happen a lot of times. And it's the same thing as you get older, those national team levels in college. You have to remind these guys are still young people playing. You've got to remind them, and, you gotta, you gotta, and that's where you really find out who's a winner, who's not a winner, yeah. who's got what it takes, who can play hard when being down, who can bounce back after a tough loss. Right. Because let me tell you, you could be, you're, you're going to lose tough matches. You're going to be up 2-0, and you're going to be up 17-12, to and you might lose that third and lose in five. It's going to happen right. in the quad. It, it, you know, it, how do you bounce back? The only way you ever learn is by doing it. Yeah. And you may not really, react man. positively the yeah. first time, oh, yeah, but totally. that's where the coaches the staff have to step in and fix it. I mean, you and I have yet to meet a person that's won every single time in every sport. 
right. in any sport. <laughs> it's, right. just, it's not going to happen. So they haven't done a good job. <laughs> yeah, because you're not winning championships. <laughs> yeah, so the United States, successful night number one. Uh, the Bulgarians were terrifyingly bad. Really bad. And the United States, I think, knew that Bulgaria was going to be better, despite the fact that Bulgaria was in Reno. Because Bulgaria and Reno are two peas in a pod. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, they're working together. So night number two, Bulgaria came back and played Biggest much little city better. in the world, buddy. That's right. That's right. And it was hot up there. Yeah. We're, mi- we're in the middle of a massive heat wave here in the West. I know you've heard about it all over because it's been national news. As uh, Oh, there's there's joy in Britain. Yes. Andy Murray has advanced. You know, it was one of, Henry great, Hill going one of crazy. the great beach days of all time yesterday. It got like weird and tropical. It was really hot. Then it got a cloud coverage, and it came back, and it was good surfing. The wind switched. It was offshore. It's just been uh, it's been crazy around here. Yeah, we uh, we had a little street festival that went down to the beach. Right yeah, there. I was in the water, and it was onshore. Yeah, and then switched. I got out, and it switched, yeah. Yeah. and I went right back out, and man, it water's was nice. warm too. High sixties, yeah. goes, you know, no wetsuits. Great. I love that it's high sixties. That's considered warm. Love that. The United States was in a good spot going into match number two. Yeah, on Saturday night because France went down to Brazil. Took mm-hmm. Brazil five, night number one. Okay. Two, three loss for, okay. for France. Then, night number two, three, one victory for France mm-hmm. in Sao Paulo mm-hmm. over Fran- over Bulgaria, over Brazil. Sheesh. Brazil. I'm looking at this paper here. So it set up a scenario where Brazil had already played, had 13 points. Okay. The United States and Bulgaria, second and third in Pool B, or Pool A, with 11 points. You get three points for a victory. Two points for a victory in five, one point for a loss in five, right? Yep, gotcha. So the United States could have controlled their own destiny by winning in three or four. Yeah. Well, Bulgaria came out, played much better, defeated the U.S. in four, tightly contested match, back and forth, really streaky from both teams. And now Bulgaria leads the pool with 14 points. Brazil, 13 points. The United States, 11 points. So the U.S. kind of missed an opportunity, and the U.S. really has to feel like they blew an opportunity early in the tournament when they lost to Argentina on night number one. Okay. Because they should have come in to the weekend with Bulgaria being 4-0, as Bulgaria was, as Brazil was going in against France. Nevertheless, the upcoming schedule, I think, is favorable for a lot of different possible scenarios. The United States is headed to Poland tomorrow. They will play in Poland over the weekend. Then they will head directly to Brazil the following weekend. So they get Poland and Brazil. Poland is this their first real travel? Yeah, like re- meaning you know outside the country and behind. They've been fortunate. Yeah, the U.S. opened with two weekends at home. Yeah, a week off, which is almost unprecedented in uh-huh. the World League. Then another weekend at home. Now they have two weeks away. Potential three-week trip, which is going to be a real interesting test. If they make three weeks, yeah. Now you're going to learn something about these players off the court. Sure, how they deal with one another for 21 plus days. Traveling around the world, it is. What tough. do you think the goal is of World League for these guys? For, for initially, first, yeah, I can tell you I've got some information. Initially, the goal was don't finish last. Gotcha. Because then you have to qualify again. Uh, you have to go through the qualification process. So the simple goal that was a simple goal. Just don't finish last. But then they came out, got some good wins. Got France that. is a good team. The United States beat them twice, yeah. but France is okay. a good volleyball team. Yeah, they are dangerous, and obviously they proved it down in Brazil winning 3-1 the second night and going 3-2 the first night. Yep. So they're good teams. The United States then, and I think you see this in sport all the time, where the expectation initially is, let's say, you know, don't get relegated, which is basically what this was. Don't get relegated next year. Then you start playing pretty well. Then it is, 
oh, we're supposed to be in the finals. We're supposed to be in the final six. We have to advance out of our pool. We're, we should advance out of our yeah. pool. The internals change a little bit. I think of that course. has happened with uh, with the U.S. team. And, it, of course, this is if you get out staff, pool, maybe. If you get in the pool, you're in the final what? Six. Final six. Argentina, the host. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. One team from pool C. So if you get into final six. Yeah, you're getting good matches. You're getting good matches. That's got to be a goal. And you get a shot. You get hot for a couple of matches, yeah. you find yourself in the final. At least in a good semi-matchup. Because it's pools, two pools of three. For you personally, as a guy that's watching all these matches broadcast, if they're if they're fourth, you'd be you'd think that was a huge great success. success. Yeah. Yeah. Great success. Okay. Good learning for these young guys. Absolutely. So but let me detail the schedule for you. So I mentioned the United States goes to Poland, then the United States goes to Brazil. Yeah. Bulgaria left from here, from Reno, to go to Brazil. Then Bulgaria returns home to host Poland. So okay. they have basically the same schedule. The top three teams are going to play each other. And the second and third place teams, the United States and Bulgaria, will play Poland. Okay. Now, Poland has not played well. Poland has been terrible, quite frankly. But again, they're dangerous. They have a young team that, in my opinion, should be competing for the victory in yeah. Pool A. They're not. They're out. They're not getting in. But So that's a fail. That's a fail for them, absolutely. Correct. But Correct. they can still play the role of spoiler with either Bulgaria or the United States. It's going to be very interesting. You've got to watch these next two weeks. The matches will be happening over the weekend. I'll be voicing them on Tuesday mornings. I believe they will be airing Wednesdays on NBCSN, NBC Sports Network, and also Universal Sports. So that will be something to watch. Keep your eye on that. Yep. Good performances this past weekend. Kyle Caldwell gained an experience. He got to play two, for him, man. two matches in their entirety, which is good. He's only going into a sophomore year. What, Professionally? No, no, no. At, uh, at UCLA. No, he's done. Oh, he's done. Yeah, he's one year out. He actually he played only for... set one year though. Correct. He set his senior year. I got you. I got you. He I played for Mosaic. On that. My uh, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, Belgium yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. And then uh, eventually did not resign, so they benched him, which I didn't understand, but <laughs> that happened. I got you now. So now he he got an opportunity to be out there. Max Holt was out there for quite a bit. He's struggling a little bit from the service line. And I had an opportunity to catch up with him. He, he's got a score from there, right? If he, that's, he was the best server. Think, right? Best server in Italy. A1, best server. His team went to the finals, lost in the finals. Gotcha. Had a great year. He just can't get in rhythm. But I had an opportunity to talk to Max Holt, and uh, here's that audio. Okay. Give me your thoughts on this loss, 3-1. Well, Bulgaria came out and played a lot better than they did last night, that's for sure. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on us with the serve. And we made a lot of errors, uh, a lot of sloppy plays, especially our second touches. A lot of things that we need to improve on there. What's going on with your serving? It looks like you're thinking too much. Yeah. Um, or may- thinking a lot, maybe. That might be the answer. Um, you know, uh, just tough to get in the rhythm right now. Um, kind of going through a funk. Hopefully I can get out of it. You can find your way out, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. questioning that. Uh, with the setting situation, we have a lot of different setters in the gym. You guys have a lot of different options. How much time have you spent with Caldwell? I have spent very little time with Caldwell. Um, the most time that I've spent, really, I, I, I got, I was one of the last guys in the gym, first of all, so I didn't have much time with anybody, really, but I've had probably the least amount of time with him. And our connection actually is surprisingly not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's learning a lot right now. I think he's finding the rhythm with a lot of guys, and there's just a lot of patience that needs to be had there. 
It looks like the blocking is coming around a little bit for you. I see when you get finished, but you are way over that. Is that some area you feel like you've made a lot of progress in the last couple of years? Uh, definitely, yeah. It's definitely one of the things that I told myself I want to get better at, you know. Um, yeah, overseas, playing at a high level, I, I've definitely worked on that a lot and improved on that. How difficult is it to keep your body going? I know a couple of weeks ago it was the knee. We were talking about it. You said, oh, it's okay, now it's the shoulder. I yeah. see Canisio tape on, Canisio tape off, now it's um, ice. Yeah, I'm coming off a really long season overseas, and I had pretty much no break. We went into the middle of May, so I had to come straight here. Well, not here, but California, and I had to get right in the gym with guys. So it's tough grinding out, but, you know, we got hopefully three more weeks of this. We make the finals, and and then a little break after that, hopefully. How do you prep for a three-week trip? Uh, It's going to be tough. You're going to have to watch the film on tonight and, and you know, we're expecting a really big crowd in Poland, and obviously Brazil is playing at a high level right now, so it'll be tough, especially against those two teams. Okay, you're going three weeks away, doing a lot of traveling this summer with the national team. You spent a lot of time on buses over there in Italy. What are you doing to kind of get away, or what piece of technology is important for you to get away and relax? Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a gamer. I do okay. the, the iPad games. I'll do all sorts of stuff. I, I like to read every now and then, you know. All right, give me some good iPad games and recommend it for our listeners. Oh, wow. Are we talking tower defense games? Are we talking uh, racing games? Play, yeah, some racing games like Need for Speed or like a okay. Temple Run just to get my mind away, you know. Okay. Temple Run. How about the other one where you're running down the tracks? can't remember the name of that, Mike. That like where you're running away from the cops. Oh, I've never played that one. No, my, my kids out. play that one. I can't remember, I can't remember the name of it. Out. Yeah. All right, we'll have Max Holt's game recommendations on the net live. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, good luck. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Hey, thanks, dude. All right, Max Holt. Sounded like a mini spraw. <laughs> you thought it was John Spraw right away, yeah. huh? Yeah, Max Holt. I'm, I'm excited about what this kid can do. Yeah. He is physical. If you want to use one word to describe Max Holt's game, physical. Still a little raw. He's been very raw the last couple of years, but I think he's he's starting to polish up. Yeah. They yeah, put him in the tumbler. He's starting to look a little shiny. Yeah. Kind of some rounded edges. And, man, I'm, I'm not kidding. You watch him block some of these balls. If you watch these matches, he is no joke like this. Yeah. He's how big? Six nine. Six nine, six ten. He um he makes me look pretty small when I stand yeah. next to him. And how long has he been with this squad, right? He's now mm, three years, four years? Three years, four years. So he's three years maybe. Yeah. It's that time to kinda all of a sudden you'll see that jump, possibly, if 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 he's gonna be the guy. I think he will. Mm-hmm. I think he's in there. I, I think uh Was it he and David Lee? It was he and David Lee for a little while. Uh, Dave Smith also saw time. I think a guy like Russell Holmes who was not there this weekend. I think Russ Holmes is another guy who's a little further along. Maybe Russ is a yeah. little more polished, I think. But I don't think Russ has as high a ceiling as Max does. I mean, when it when it when it really counts, it's 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 Dave Lee and someone else, right? I mean, Dave yeah. at that spot. Yeah, I think you can put Max in there. I think you can put Dave Smith in there. Mm-hmm. Both have been uh, playing fairly well in different aspects of the game. Both are good servers. Max has been off, really off as of late. But Dave Smith has been serving well. I think Dave Smith is harder to set. In my estimation, he looks a little, to be a little harder to set. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's some good competition at all these positions. There's good competition at the setter spot. Yeah. I know. That's that that's the spot for me that that seems to be the one where it's a lot of question marks. Caldwell, Shoji. Shoji. We saw Thornton. Thornton. I don't know if we'll see him again. We'll see. He struggled a couple matches right out the gate. You've there's always a lot kind of competition. He, he, he's, he's, I just think physically he's going to have a hard time. Yeah. 6'3", doesn't jump. I mean, we've gone through it. I just think he's going to have a hard time. Uh, I think that Amber, Tyler, uh, pardon me, Ryan Ammerman 
is still in the gym. He's been kind of medium along, I guess. But now you're going to throw in another guy. Micah Christensen is going to get a shot out of USC. USC. Yeah, and he's just a sophomore, uh, about to be junior. So there's a lot of potential there. Micah Christensen, great athlete. So we'll we'll see if he steps into there. And then Matt West from Pepperdine, is he a guy who's going to get a shot in so the at, next four years or the following four years? I mean, at what point do you want to see that position solidified? Not two years from now. Really? Yeah. Two years from now. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. If you establish it in two years, uh, or even three, and you're going to play an entire year with with the guy that you plan on playing with the Olympics, that's okay. Honestly, what I'd really like is I'd like great competition with two guys, and I'd like it to be almost interchangeable. You could have your starter, but I want the other guy to have enough confidence to come in. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've had situations, and we've seen it happen in the last Olympics with Lindsey Berg, where she got injured, and you had Courtney Thompson, Courtney Thompson needed to step yeah. in. Yep. Lloyd Ball. Old and a little bit broken down, kind of beat up during the 2008 games. Kevin Hansen came in and played very well. Yep. You have to have a couple of viable setters. I, I think there's nothing wrong with having competition at a position. There's everything right with it, honestly. No question about it. You've got to have those options, and you, know, you never know what's going to happen. It's, it's a long four years. The only spot that is solidified who I'm going to put in pen, assuming no injuries, is Matt Anderson, 2016 Rio. Outside hitter, he's in. Every conversation out to hitter starts Matt Anderson and yeah. someone else. I think every other position on the floor, open. Although perhaps Eric Shoji saying, Libero's my spot. Is is our CEO, Reed Pretty, if you had to bet right now, be on the 2016 Olympic team, would you, would you say yes or no? I talked to him. He said he's going to be there. How old will he be at that point? Thirty. He's 35 right now, so I think he'll be 38. Was his first Olympics Athens? Yes. Before Olympics, yes, indoor at, oh, outside. at outside, man, that's that's an achievement. I mean, he's already had a Hall of Fame career, but that that puts you to another level, man. Oh yeah, that that that, that puts you as one of the. He said he's going to be there. Ever play in our country? As I told him in our phone conversation the other night, if you're John Spry, you have to count on Reed and Clay not being there. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to count on. Would that be four for Clay too? Yeah. Year old four too. Yeah. That's what you have to say. You have to say to yourself, those two guys are not going to be there. Then if they are. That's a huge bonus. Yeah. You want them. They want them to be there. Kind of like Tom Hoff in 08 was there, right? He was there. He was there. But he's a, he was on the bench. He was a yeah. leader. He was a, a, a coach-type figure. Got to have those guys. A role I think Rich Lamborn has taken on a little bit right mm-hmm. now at the libero spot. But you you want to have those guys. Obviously, you'd like Clay and Reed to play as well as they've played you in think about three it, you years. You Reed 12 years ago at his size and playing that position with that stress level on that position. Yeah. And, and being really the leader in the face of the of the of the, of the U.S. national team, and to be in four Olympics, uh, I mean, man, crazy. You'd have to you'd have to walk away after that, being pretty uh, feeling pretty good about that. I mean, that's a that that's that's quite an accomplishment. There's not many guys in the world that can say that. Absolutely. I, I hope it happens. I hope it's managed yeah, to be a pretty too. outside hitter. We'll just have to see. But I think at, at his age, you have to assume he won't be there. I mean, he 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 goes in with the you know the greats like the Karches, the Vertlicks. I mean, the guys that you remember from the '80s that kind of made this game and made it popular. I mean, you'd have to put him in that realm. Four-time Olympian gold yeah. medalist. Clay Stanley, Cam- going, Captain. Clay Stanley going in the Hall of Fame. MVP. For sure. Held down the opposite spot for 10-plus years. Yeah. I, Clay almost flies underrated for me. Obviously not not in the circles. Of, he doesn't like the media. Yeah. It's it's not not – we all know who he is, and everyone that follows volleyball closely and loves yeah. indoor volleyball knows Clay Stanley. I mean, he's, he's a cornerstone of that. I mean, that, that position you haven't had to worry about. For ten years, as you'd say, he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you talked in baseball terms or hoops terms, it's not even a 
up for debate. No, he's, he's one of the best of all time. He's going to go in with the at, at that position, right? I mean, he goes in with the, you know, Timmons and the Red, and the Powers. I mean, those guys that have been there and won gold, he's there. Those are the names: Timmons, names. Powers, Stanley. Yeah, so that's that's that pretty elite company. Yeah. No, he's he's going to go in. I think he'll go in as a member of the team, and I think he'll go in on his on his own individually. Yeah, he better. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Steve Bishop, Executive Director of the Florida Region of USAV and also President of the PVL, Premier Volleyball League, doing great things for men's and women's volleyball. It's Minute Live on a Monday. Much more to come. To explain and say how painful the hangover was today In front of the toilet, hands and knees Trying to breathe in between the dry heaves My baby made me some coffee Afraid that if I drink some it's probably coming right back out me Couple of Advils, relax and chill At a standstill with how bad I feel I think I need to smell fresh air So I stepped out the back door and fell down the stairs Sunlight hit me dead in the eye like it's mad that I gave half the day to last night. My bad sight made me trip on my ass right into that patch of grass like that's life. All of a sudden, I realized something. The weather is amazing, even the birds are bumping. Stood up and took a look and a breath, and there's that bike that I forgot that I possessed. Never really seen exercises friendly, but I think something's telling me to ride that 10 speed. Brakes are broken, it's alright The tires got air and the chain seems tight huh. Hot on, it felt the summertime It reminds me of one of them Moosab lines Like sunshine, sunshine, it's fine I feel it in my skin, warming up my mind Sometimes you gotta give in to win I love the days when it shines Whoa, let it shine Sunshine, sunshine, it's fine I feel it in my skin, warming up my mind Sometimes you gotta give in to win I love the days when it shines in a plastic jar, bust it out whenever someone's acting hard, settle down, barbecue in the backyard, the kids get treats and old folks get classic cars, every day to get the pass is a success, and every woman looks better in a sundress, the sun shines an excuse to shoot hoops, get juice, show it who Welcome back into the Net Live, that's a little atmosphere for you, sunshine playing, so Jeremy Roche, can't get on my case about this, let it flow. Welcome back in. If you want to contact us during the week or any other time, the netlive at gmail.com is a good place to do it. You can also visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the netlive. And you can also tweet at us, twitter.com slash the netlive. Tweet at us anytime during the week. We'll do our best to respond. We do read that stuff and pay attention, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it. We're bringing our first guest. This is a guy who has been involved with volleyball for quite some time, executive director of the Florida region of USAV, also president of the Premier Volleyball League. This league came about in 2011, held their first championships for women in 2012 with 12 teams showing up in Salt Lake City. They just had a 2013 competition, 15 women's teams in Kentucky, and their men's team won nationals this year. My Florida Wave took down Lloyd Ball and Team Pineapple took down Lloyd Ball and Riley Salmon, a couple of gold medalists, and beat them in the final. So the finals, pardon me, championships for the men's side of the PVL are happening right now in Reno. Please welcome to the Net Live, Steve Bishop. Steve, are you there? 
<clears throat> Good morning. Yes, I am. Thank you, Kevin. Oh man, I know. I know you've been in Reno for a few days. How's the voice doing? I mean, there's a lot of smoking, gambling, lots of stuff going on there. A lot of distractions possible. It, it, it just keeps getting deeper each day. I think. <laughs> well, Steve, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to give people a sense of how you developed this idea and how you put it into practice to found the PVL in 2011. About three years ago, ago, I started working on a logo logo for a Florida Florida team, team. and and I took the concept up to Doug Beal and said, Doug, can we create a, basically a grassroots, uh, at that time we phrased it as a semi-pro league, and uh, asked them if they'd pony up some prize money, help us with court space and officials, uh, which he agreed to. I pitched it to the regional commissioners back in October of 2011, left that meeting with six teams committed. We thought we were doing pretty good at that time, and that six turned into eight, which felt even better. By the time we got to Salt Lake City, we had a dozen women's uh, semi-pro pro teams suited up and ready to play. So that's kind of the history of how we got to where we are today. Wow, is that support level a surprise to you that it was that quickly adopted by the regions? Very surprising, uh, very refreshing, quite honestly. I think the way that I originally pitched it to the group was uh, think of high performance, which everyone's very familiar with, and let's create an adult high performance model, and then let's see if we can take that adult high performance model and convert it over into a true professional league in the next three to five years. Yeah, how does it work right now for players and coaches? Are they paid, or is it purely volunteer? And how much of their the expenses of travel and play are they picking up? Well, it's different for each region. Uh, I'll speak about what we're doing in Florida. <clears throat> we're uh, we're one of the top ten regions in the U.S. based on size. So with our membership numbers and and our programming, you know, we have a little more flexibility. We're able to pay our athletes a daily per diem and a daily stipend. We cover all their travel expenses, uh, outfit them, lodging. They have no out-of-pocket costs and end up taking home, uh, you know, a little bit of payola at the end of the day to cover their pain and suffering. And uh, then we do uh, – go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, how often do they train and and, and work out and and practice? Yeah, interesting. Uh, Not very often, to be honest with you. Um, They train on their own. Uh, Our coaches basically keep track of the guys and and touch base with them and make sure most of them are playing somewhere and quite regularly. Uh, So they're they're doing their own training. And we pull them together usually for a practice before we head to an event. Uh, We do a couple exhibition matches down in Florida. Our model is uh, perhaps not too unique because I know this is happening in uh, various other regions across the U.S. And we'll pull our teams in and create a, you know, perhaps a, red, blue, or whatever their team colors are, um, scrimmage situation and put it in the middle of one of our large juniors events. We do that with our girls' regional qualifier and our girls' regional championships. Those are both, you know, 48-court events. <clears throat> we'll set up a big feature court in the middle and let the, the guys and the girls basically um, have a couple exhibition matches during the day and sign autographs. So that's been very well received Uh all across the U.S., uh, that particular model. How would, 
how do you get word out for, for, for you know, say there's a you know, former college player in the women or the, or the men's ranks that, that wants to get involved and wants to play? Do they, they go on the website and email the general managers? How do, how, how do they get involved? Well, we have our USAPBL.com website, which is kind of our, our central hub of information. Uh, we work through the regional volleyball associations. Uh, Tom Pingle is one of our board members. And, of course, Tom, uh, out of the national office, has a great link with all of the collegiate coaches across the U.S. with the USA Volleyball High Performance Program. So do a lot of our marketing and promotions through those channels to get the word out to the college coaches so that they can get the word out to their alumni. Uh, and let them know about the opportunity. Um, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of social media. We have a Twitter page for PVL, and uh, that's, you know, people are, are being drawn to that. A pretty decent click right now, uh, trying to get information and, and stay in tune with what's going on. So, you know, all the basic stuff, social media, word of mouth, uh, using our, our channels of communication. And, you know, we get, down in Florida, we get inquiries, almost weekly from athletes that are either coming back to Florida or previously in Florida uh, looking for information on how to, how can they get on the court and get in a uniform somewhere. Steve, how are these teams being selected if you have that many athletes who want to play? Because it seems like you've tapped into a vein of, of gold, essentially, athletes that are finished who, who still wish to compete at a fairly high level. You must have more than you can actually put on a roster. Yes, um, I think what many of the regions did was created uh, training rosters. Uh, once again, I'll speak to our Florida model. That one's one I'm most familiar with. We carried a, a training roster of 24 athletes. We had uh, 50, 50 something women try out, and we had over 60 guys try out down in Florida for our team. Wow. So we were able to have a yeah, we were able to have a um, pretty nice sized training roster that we're able to pull from, and those are the guys we use for the exhibition matches and to get out to events for autograph signing and things of that nature. And then, uh, you know, we kind of work through that, add, add some talent as talent gets identified, uh, you know, replace a few. It's, it's, it's I, I want to say that's close to, you know, as a professional model as we can get, you know, giving as many guys an opportunity as possible to, to be part of the program and then selecting what we consider to be our top talent and taking them to the, uh, you know, the big dances. Yeah, when it comes to being a pro league, where do you think you guys can succeed where others have failed? Because Chris and I were talking earlier, and we can't come up with all the different acronyms that have been used, but I can think of at least five <laughs> different leagues that have either come to the edge of existence or have existed for a small amount of time. Where can you outcompete the previous models? Well, I think the difference is that most of those models were all top-down models, and they relied heavily on marketing, relied, I mean, uh, advertising, relied heavily on sponsorships, and relied heavily on, uh, you know, the old phrase, butts and seats, because you, they had to sell tickets to pay the bills. And uh, our model is, is what I refer to as a bottom-up model. We, we don't really require any of that to be successful, and I think we've proven that over the past two years. We want to take the athletes and the talent. Uh, back to the fans. And so we're holding our events in large convention center venues. Uh, we're not collecting a door. Uh, and, of course, we're always open to people making donations. But uh, the regions have a good infrastructure. They already have uh, recurring revenue streams. They have program revenue streams. They have ways to, to generate revenue to cover a lot of these, these basic costs that, uh, you know, pro teams 
uh, will run into during their existence. So we're able to toss out the, some of the old models and say we don't have to follow those models. Let's, let's re-approach this and let's bring it in from a fresh perspective. Let's take the teams out to the fans and let's do it for virtually no cost, at least for now, until we're able to develop enough interest in the program. So I think that's the biggest difference in what you'll see here is that this is going to follow the regional high-performance model, which uh, I think now is in its 13th or 14th or 15th year. I've lost track, to be honest with you. And uh, and I think that's what's going to make the difference. Steve, what's the ultimate prize in terms of the of the championship? Are they playing for this PVL championships? Is that the big one? What's kind of the pride? Uh, yeah, what's kind of the Wimbledon of, uh, of the schedule? <laughs> Yeah, the PBL championships, the women's PBL championships had a prize purse of 20000 mm-hmm. Uh That was a, a 65 first place, and uh, then we we dropped it down to 35 second place, and and the balance went to third. And that was uh, the one that was in, in Kentucky? Men's... Was that the one that was in Kentucky? That was the one in... That's correct, okay. yes. Got that had a $20,000 purse on it. And this one in Louisville, um, excuse me, this one in Reno, uh, is only a five-team event for the men, so it has a $10,000 purse, and that's going to pay out six, three, and one. Gotcha. Very nice. I was going to ask you about the men's event and the five teams in the men's event. Has it been any harder to get men's teams together? Obviously, five to fifteen. You're, you're drawing on a smaller <laughs> amount of college division one athletes, but there's a, a variety of men's programs out there. What's the obstacle for the men to get to that eventual goal of 20? Yeah, this is the age old question. We wrestle with this in club volleyball too. Um, how can we have so many more girls playing than guys? Um, I, I don't know the exact answer. I just know that it's been a little more difficult to spread the word. I think the network of communication on the guy's side is probably not as robust as on the ladies' side with them, um, you know, staying in contact with their former college mates and and spreading the word and creating some buzz. Um, there, there is interest. We have two more regions that are interested in joining us on the men's side next year. And, of course, there's that ultimate question mark, when can we get SoCal to plug in to this? Because their talent base obviously is quite superior. That was a plug for Ann if she's listening. and Davenport you're on blast right now was the victory by my Florida wave over Lloyd Ball and Riley Salmon significant at all to to talk about the talent that's present not only in Southern California but are you on this team or you keep saying your Florida wave no it's called my Florida wave oh okay I thought you were saying yours is in no it's the name of it (laughs) no the the team Florida wave is yeah, the Florida Wave is our is our program uh, for our men and women. I, I can't even tell you how significant uh, of a win that was for our guys. Um, you know, the crowd obviously was rooting for Loy the entire time. You know, he's a big personality. He's got a great reputation and a couple of gold medals. Never hurts either. But, um, you know, they rooted for him the whole time. So it was like we were playing Loy's team and the crowd, and we, we lost in five. That was our first loss of the event because we went into the final seven and O. Oh, so we lost that. We had to go to the old golden set and uh, we pulled that one out 25, 22. And, you know, I think there's a big bomb. Jeff Patak lit up on us at one point that made it to YouTube. I'm sure most folks have run across it by now. I don't think I've ever seen a ball bounce so high into the rafters and every person in the, in the bleachers came off their feet. 
and um, you know it's, it's hard to play against when you're playing against Olympians and you're playing against the crowd and and our coaching staff, our guys, you know, they just held the course and uh, and they pulled it off with a 25-22. And it was, you know, when you count top ten moments in your volleyball life, that that made the list for us. Okay, so it's not my Florida Wave, it's Team Florida Wave. Yeah, I don't know where I got that. I okay. Team Florida Wave. <laughs> and and <laughs> about the okay. names, because there's some there's exterminators, there's the havoc, there's the swing away, and there's the sizzle. That sizzling the pits. Sizzle, sizzle the, the pits. It's an old Marlowe yeah. one. But who's uh, who's naming <laughs> these teams and picking the team colors? Uh, that'll be the general managers and the regional commissioners uh, for each one of the programs uh, are responsible for. You know, figuring out what they want to be called and what they want to wear. Um, you know, we we pulled off a pretty good deal. Speaking of apparel, we pulled off a pretty good deal with Rocks Volleyball. They came on board as the official outfitter for uh, the PVL, and they've agreed to outfit all the teams uh, at no cost to the team. So with those kind of partners, I think that's going to really help us be successful as we go forward. Steve, realize that if there is a SoCal team, Kevin and I most likely will be the coaches and general managers of that <laughs> <laughs> will, will you please get on that? <laughs> yes, it's not even a question. Listen, Ann, here's how it's going to be. We'll see how that conversation go. works out for us. <laughs> we will talk go. about it every single Monday at nauseum. <laughs> I like that. Steve, if you're a player out there who's just out of college, a few years removed, or maybe you're a senior now and, and want to think about getting involved with the PVL, where do they need to go? Well, I'd first direct them to contact their um, regional commissioners in the regions where they live. Uh, you can find those links off the USA Volleyball website. You can find them off of our PVL website. Uh, if they aren't getting much success there, uh, I'd invite them to give me a call at the PVL office down in Florida, and uh, we'll make sure we help them make that contact so that uh, they can get some information about what opportunities might be available for them. All right, fantastic, Steve. We really appreciate the efforts you're putting out there. A lot of folks talk about ideas and theories and things. Good to see someone else putting something into practice and actually putting it out there. Uh, best of luck with this, and we'll continue to follow the PVL. And uh, great success this weekend in Reno with your uh, your men's championship. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it, and uh, look forward to keeping you posted as stuff comes on the on the pipe here. Take care. Definitely. All right, let us know who wins. We'll report on it next week. Steve Bishop, Executive Director Thanks, of the Florida Region of USA Volleyball, as well as the President of the PVL. Go to the website, guys. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the concept and sounds phenomenal. Just, you know, you hope it can uh, can keep getting some legs and build. I like the, the bottom-up model versus the top-down yeah, because we've 100%. detailed the challenges that the beach is facing, the challenges the national teams have faced as far as funding goes at times. We've talked a lot about that here on the program, and the athletes are there. They want to participate. They want a place to go yeah, to utilize yeah. their skills. And if you go down the list of the athletes... See, I was going down the rosters a little bit. And, it's uh, fun. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to... Uh... I mean, look at... Uh, where am I here? I'm where were you? Who's your exterminators? How did you get to that? Did you go PVL teams? No, on that email I sent you, there's a roster full media kits oh, okay. for the two things here. Alyssa Derrico, one of my favorite players of all time out of Penn State. I saw a couple of girls I've coached. Shoulders <laughs> bigger than me, and uh, she can just serve the heck out of the ball. Lauren Van Orden in there, Bryn Kehoe, lots of good names here. And, and, of course, the talent level, Caitlin Ledoux out of Long Beach State, of course, national runner-up in sand yeah. last year. There's just There's some great names throughout a lot of these, particularly on the women's side, because you hear, I think, a broader 
number of teams and names. Drake University, Iowa State, University of Iowa, Northeastern University, Bryant College. Well, I mean, and then you do have the UCLA's, the Illinois's, Colleen Ward there playing uh, still Wake Forest, Old Miss. I mean, it just is, this is very cool. This is out of the team, Team North Texas. Now, they're yeah, TNT. Really cool. I like that. They're TNT. Yeah, you guys got to check this out. They're you go on there and see a ton of names you know. If you know a player who's looking to continue their career, maybe not national team material, maybe doesn't want to go play overseas, but still wants to be a part of the volleyball world, feels like they have something to give. You know, we got to do a place to go. Email Steve and get maybe a, a, a player from the men's league that played in this championship from the winning team and someone from the women's and get them on and they can talk about it. Absolutely. I, I, that win was huge. And I, listen to the names here for some of these guys are just the universities. Warner University, George Mason, Warner. Lindenwood, which is a, an NAIA school, Long Beach State, uh, Lees McRae, Grand Canyon, Lewis, Long Beach, Lees McRae, Long Beach. So you had, you know, obviously a grouping of some friends from Warner, from Long Beach, from Lees McRae, who all got together and put this together. And, and uh, Steve Benson coached them, Rob Hawley, assistant coach. It was uh, a great effort from that uh, Team Florida Wave. Not my Away. Yeah, I kept. I, you were really confusing me. I was like, "What? What happened? Like, did you?" I did not adopt the team. Yeah, I thought like you were the coach. Or so, so what was the whole Louis Ball deal? I was kind of looking at the website and missed that. Team part. Pineapple. Yeah, he put together a team to go out and win nationals, okay. included okay. Riley Salmon as well as other the nationals IPFW that you and I know. The nationals that you and I played in, absolutely for years. Okay. Yeah, Paul Mitchell, the one that Paul Mitchell won last in what year? We used to dominate it all the time. Well, yeah, but what year did you last in a row? Win? I don't know. I stopped keeping track. <laughs> 45 in a row beginning in 1971 <laughs> or something, yeah. I have a national championship actually from uh, Tucson, 98. I have Tulsa, 95. 95. 94, okay. 94. I represented Tulsa. We were T-Town. That yeah, was our we name. we smashed you. I wasn't there. We smashed Paul Mitchell that year. Did you, you really? You were probably on that team. You had nah, Never, never. You had never Sullivan. You had Hoff. Yeah, never lost you guys. We won that year. Absolutely I don't know who you lost. lost to, but we won. Um. So okay. So the champion. Okay. So the PVL team came and beat Team Pineapple. Team Pineapple. Yes. Defeated Team Pineapple. It's a good win. Great win. I, and cool to hear Steve say, "Hey, that's in my top five volleyball life." Absolutely, it should be. Pretty neat. So get out there and check it out. Go to their website. You need to go to usapvl.com. That's USA cool. Premier Volleyball League. usapvl.com. Get out there and check out. There. Cullen Irons is on a team. Oh, that's UCSB. There you go. No, there's and there's always been. I think he's tapped into something, and, and I, I I phrase it that way on purpose. A vein of gold because these guys and gals want to play the game at a high level. They don't want to just go to the YMCA. No, they don't want to just go down to the beach if they have a local beach and try and find some games six months out of the year if you don't live here in Southern California, and they want to be able to continue to enjoy the sport that they have loved. And obviously, played in college. You have some love for the sport, unless your parents made you do it, and then you had to, and then you quit, and got all bummed out, and started drinking, smoking in college. <laughs> but you have love for this sport, and you're you're probably pretty good at it if you played in any kind of college setting, even for the women down to the D3 level. These are some talented athletes who uh, who need some place to go. World Championships going on in uh, beach volleyball. Yeah, Stad. The no, Stad no. is coming up. Kerry's uh, going to play with April and Stad, but apparently Kessie well, pulling out of an injury. So Pavlik's playing with April Ross as a three seed. They're one and zero, uh, and men start tomorrow. Since Starry Yablonki. there's some very strange stuff going on with the partnerships. Really? Yeah, because there's rumors April's going to play with 
uh, carry. But Jen still wants to play. But what, what what about Pavlik, who's now in the mix? I don't pretend to know. I just know that it's kind of all jumbling around, and who knows what's going to happen. Carrie's kind of the... We've got Leonard's event right around the corner, then the yeah. ADP's going to start in August. A lot going on. Yeah, I, what do you think about this, Chris? Give me your opinion on the AVP and stuff starting that late and competing now with college football and professional football. They're, yeah. Obviously, television-wise, that's kind of I, a I, tough time. I, I think it'll be different in the in, in the future. Uh, after talking to Donald, I think, you know, uh, to the AVP's defense, and this goes back to 2001 as well, you know, scheduling around the FIVB, which is now – you know, garners your top players. Right. And, and 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 if you want to get your top players on board to support the AVP, it had to be schedule friendly. So I think for this year, probably with the TV deal they got with CBS Sports, probably with uh, working around all the Grand Slams, that was probably when they had to do it. Now, hopefully they can get established. And next year you can sprinkle some in and you get a couple in May maybe. Because there's been time. You know, now if you can build, you know, you, you can certainly have some in, in June and July that, that don't conflict. Yeah, because um, this seems like the time right now, all through end of May, June, July, yeah. August. That's beach volleyball. Yeah. That's I mean, when we ought to be going to these big events. No, there's no question. I mean, personally, I loved, I love September. I love October. They're great months. But I'm with you, man. It's 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 really turns into football. And it, it, it you know we've had some events that have been successful. I remember, you know, wait. The Crocs Cup Championship was in Manhattan. Do you remember when it was late September? And I remember being real concerned, and we got lucky with the weather, and it was Carrie and Missy's last match together, people thought, and, and they won, and there was $100,000 prize money. It was actually really cool, and, and the crowd showed up. But that was Manhattan Beach, and that was on a Sunday, and it was really nice, and it was really well-run and publicized. So you, you do come into some, but I remember being really scared. We were on Big Fox, so the Cowboys were our lead-in. The Cowboy <laughs> game than us, so that was kind of a big deal. So, you know, but... It, yeah, when you get to I'm October not, and you get to September, I'm not concerned about here. Yeah, because you're, you mean the rest California. of the world. I know, people, I know, I know, I know. People I know, don't understand who live in Southern California mm-hmm. that the rest of the country comes September, October. It's cold. Yeah, you, you feel it. You're point. feeling fall. Yeah. You're moved on. It's football. It's getting ready. Well, for Atlantic all City, the early September, they should be okay, don't you think? They'll be okay. Yeah, but they but everybody starts to move on, and then you go Santa Barbara and you go Huntington, right? Here in Southern California. It's hot. The, our hottest months of the year, many September, times, are September right, and October. I know, I know. It's still blazing hot summer, even mm-hmm. though people ah, trickle in. Sure. You don't start thinking until November about really Christmas and the yeah. holidays and Thanksgiving and everything else. But I think back there, as soon as you hit Halloween, in pretty much the rest of the country, anywhere south of the Mason-Dixon line, it's a little different. But in most most of the rest of the country, north, northeast, yeah. Pacific Northwest, you're moving into winter to fall. Yeah, you're well into that. So... Uh, I'll be interested to see what the timing is like. And I think television-wise, I don't know that it, it can't be a deal-breaker for the AVP, the, the television numbers, because I no, don't no, think no, you're no, going to no. see a demonstrative difference between the fall and the summer. Listen, if you're, and, and I learned this you know, being in the business now, it's, if you're basing everything on on your numbers and worried every day about ratings <laughs> – you get into a tough thing there. I mean, you, you can't base what you're doing. You just have to do things right and do them well. And don't worry about, you know, I mean, Jim Rome show and all these shows that are on CBS called Sports and NBC Sports. And, hey, if you're going for ratings, they're not all breaking records doing ratings. I got news for everybody. There's not enough people. There's not enough people watching. There's not enough, it's not enough homes. Um, so it's more about doing it right and, 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 and looking good, 
being well represented, presented, um, good matches, best players playing, you know. But all the best players seem on board, so to, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, what happens? All right, indoor women's events coming up. Opportunities for you to see the women's national team. Now, keep in mind, we've said on this show, and I still stick by this: the most talented gym in the history of the sport. I think yeah. anywhere in the world, I, just not just the United States. And this is all the way back to the, the very good teams of the early '80s. There has never been a more talented gym, top to bottom, thirty players deep, where there's some heavy competition for the 12 spots when they're going out to play. USA Volleyball Cup versus Japan. People say, oh, Japan, if you've been watching the men's game, oh, Japan. No, no, no. Women's game a little bit different. Japan, the bronze medalist last year. Mm -hmm. Great team. Really great renaissance for Japan. This is going to be a a matchup of the silver and bronze medalists happening. San Diego, Wednesday, July 10th. At Remac Arena, that's on the campus of UC San Diego. Yeah, I've been down there. there. It's, It's a really nice place to go and see a match. That's Wednesday, July 10th, 7 p.m., Long Beach, Friday, July 12th at 7 p.m. That'll be at the Long Beach Pyramid, Walter Pyramid. Go and see that one. Orange County, so they're spreading them out. You have San Diego, you have L.A., well, Long Beach, it's South L.A., and then Orange County at J. Sarah High School down there in San Juan Capistrano. It'll be Saturday, July 13th at 7 p.m. Some of the names you want to keep an eye on for Stars of Japan, Erika Arakai, Yukiko Ibata, and of course, Saori Kimura. You want to see Saori Kimura play this game? She's six foot two. She's the one that was just dominant in the Olympics. Had that unbelievable couple of matches. She in Korea. She plays for Japan. Then is the Korean athlete. The Korean. Who's also <laughs> like her whole team. Yeah, she was her entire team. But yeah. Saori is like hit in the everyone. Same yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Saori is built in the same mold. Six foot two, long, lanky. Just will crush the ball. She's fun to watch. Going to be a great matchup. It'll be exciting to see some of the Olympic stars and. Speaking of four-time Olympians, on the list competing is Daniel Scott Ahuda. She will be there uh, in one of these matches, so I am told. You'll have an opportunity to see a lot of different talent on the women's side. I think they're, they're in an interesting period as well. They have some old talent who's still very good, and they have some new players who are looking to replace them. Great stuff for that team. And first outing for Karch. Domestically, you're going to get an opportunity to see... Uh, Head coach, Karch Karai. That's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. So get out there and see it. July 10th, July 12th, July 13th here in SoCal, San Diego, Long Beach, and Orange County. I, I think it's an exciting time for, for, for the national teams. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I was, you know, I've known Alan Knight a long time, so I was excited when he got his opportunity. I was, ex- you know, obviously Hugh is uh, one of the great coaches of all time, but like I think, you know, seeing Sprague get this opportunity and, 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 you know, me working with Karch for so long and now seeing him put in the time and get the job. It's, it's an exciting time for these national teams. And, and like you said, we, we have a uh, fusion of, of young talent mixed with grizzled vets, as we call them. And, and where, where it goes the next four years, I think, is going to be really exciting. And, uh, I mean, 2016, obviously a long way away, but I think the process leading up to it is going to be a more uh, fun for for me than at the than in the past. I think I'm a little more jacked about the process. Usually, you know, you're doing Kevin, so you're in it. I think for a lot of us, when it gets close to the Olympic time, remember they had to qualify in Long Beach. I think that was exciting for us, but I don't follow it as much. I think now with this little new talent, some new coaching, I feel like it's you know everyone's excited about the beginning. Yeah, more so than just people covering. People that are really dialed into it. Yeah, it is. It's a very interesting time. I think. Does that make any sense at all? Well, because for the first time in 10 years, <laughs> yeah. we're getting a changeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. On both teams. On both teams. 
a large scale changeover. You don't know what's going to happen, and I think that's the appeal. Sometimes folks go, "Oh well, they're not as good, so I don't know, they're not going to be as good." All these young players can't play. No, I think it's interesting to see who's going to step up. Uh, the U.S. men's gym is pretty but, talented and here's as well. The thing, man, times have changed. Youth can win now. Youth with the right mix, yeah, of veteran presence can win. Because they've been playing for so long, and they've been in big matches their whole lives. Now, obviously, you get to an international level, you've got to have some experience. But with the right mix of older guys, youth can win. We talked about Max Holt earlier. Uh-huh. Let's hear from his coach, Mark Pavlik. Let's do that. He's up there recruiting and uh, had a chance to catch up with him right after the match on Saturday night. All right, post-match number two here in Reno. Mark Pavlik, Penn State head coach, hanging out watching some Nittany Lions. He said it's been a while since you saw Holden Anderson play. Could have gotten a better match. Uh, it's the first time in a long time that I've seen both of them on the court uh, in the USA uniform. And Yeah, the outcome could have been better, but uh, once a Nittany Lion, always a Nittany Lion. All right, critique for me a little bit, Max Holt. You know, I think his blocking is, got, is certainly improving. Um, he didn't serve well tonight. I think Max is, uh, from what I understand in Italy, he was just ripping serves left and right. Best um, server in the league. Yeah, I, and I just think it's something that he's going to have to, you know, the, it's it's not the regular schedule now like he was used to. It's going to be the weekends and travel. He's going to get it right. It's always nice seeing Matty. He's, I, and I think Matty's blocking is coming along well, too. Yeah. Yeah, Matty isn't doing a lot of stuff right. Not great tonight, but it's going to happen on some nights, it really doesn't matter. He's got to shake it off. Was Matt very good at shaking off bad matches? He was. You know, every time he had one that slipped below a standard and you'd sit down with him and say, hey, look, you know, he'd sit there. He he was very accountable. He, he knew that this is, yeah, I expect more from myself. And you just see him focus and come back stronger the next time out. And I think that's that's probably something that's more important as they move into this professional life that it's over, it's done with. You're not going to be great every time out. You're not going to suck every time out. And uh, you just got to be, you got to keep raising that bar where you're very good over time. All right, last question, boys. J.O.'s up here at Reno. That's why you're here. Do some recruiting, watch some kids play. Give me some names of players that people are going to see at the college level coming up soon. Who are some high school guys that are you out here, you're out here to see? I wish I could tell you, but the NCAA says I can't do that. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, see, that's what we're trying to do here on the net line. We try and cause as many violations as possible. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're quizzing me. Now you, you can't have a coach talk about prospective student-athletes. Wow, I'll remember that because we almost got Mackenzie Firminger fired like the week after she got hired. So you've been there a few years. It could have been the end. It, it could have been the end. I, <laughs> I, I would have been begging you for a job, you know. Oh, you, you don't want to try and work for the net live. we got I, no money. I was going to say, I, I, you're scraping the bottom barrel with Jay, but, <laughs> but I figure there's an entry level in there somehow that I could get you guys water if I, you know, I don't know how much that pays, but... We might exceed our Nittany Lion allotment. We can't yeah, have too many. That's true. That's true. There might be an East Coast bias at that right, point. Right. All right. Mark Pavlik, thanks. That was, that was good. That was better than actually having to answer the question. All right. So I tried how once again many, to get somebody fired. How many problems have we created on this show? In a couple years? It's just so great. Here's our tiny little show, and you're upstairs room just causes problems. Remember the Misty Carey debacle? Yeah. And, 
Aiden I, got all upset because we broke the news. Phil coming back. Joy. We've gotten everyone in trouble. It's fantastic. I remember – Don't come on the show unless you know the rules. When I was listening to this, I thought, you know, I think I've asked that question before. Yeah. I think I I've, had I've that asked exact, that question before. Yeah, I think I've screwed that one up before. But I don't know the NCAA manual. I just want to know – I want to know did ask Joy some of the great players that would be at JOs, and she named a few. And Yeah, and, and that was popped. trouble. She didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. It's the rules that I have, that I have the issues with. <laughs> it's the rules that are wrong, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the rules that are the problem. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, uh, Mark Pavlik, one of the good guys in the sport of volleyball. He's great. Pav's, Pav's wife is a huge Laker fan. Didn't know if you know that. Really? Yes. All the way back east there and a huge Big Laker Laker's fan? Is she from out here or something? It's a good question. I forget the backstory you told me. I, I believe so. Not confirmed. Unconfirmed. Yeah. Unconfirmed reports. All right, we're going to take a short break here on the Net Live. We're going to be right back with Andrea Becker and College of Volleyball Weekly detailing what she's been doing for the team. Cliff bars or anything available? Uh, you, you always have something, don't you? You just got here. You need food? I got here an hour and 25 minutes ago. All right, we'll get Geeter fed and we'll have Thank more you. on the Net Live Appreciate right back. It. Good luck. thought I saw you yesterday, but I didn't stop, cause you was walking the opposite way, I guess I could've shouted out your name, but even if it was you, I don't know what I would say, we could sit and reminisce about the old school, maybe share a cigarette, because we both fools, chop it up and compare perspectives, life, love, stress and setbacks, yes, yeah, so you could tell me how hard you had it, and you could show me all the scars to back it. And we can analyze each complaint, break it down and explain these mistakes I make. I like to tangle up the strings of the puppetry, but you knew me back when I was a younger me. You've seen Sean in all types of light, and I've been meaning to ask you if I'm doing all right. Yesterday, was that you? Look just like you. Strange things my imagination might do. Take a breath, reflect on what we've been through. Or am I just going crazy because I miss yesterday? Was that you? Look just like you. Strange things my imagination might do. Take a breath, reflect on what we've been through. Or am I just going crazy because I miss you? I'm shook, I know. I pushed when I should have pulled. Took it all back if I could. I put that on my soul. And I would make a top-notch good listener. If you could block off a little time, I'd give it here. Since we went our separate paths, I've hit a couple of snags that remind me of the past. I can't front, I'm having a blast. But damned if I ain't afraid of how long it's gonna last. In here wishing we could kick it give me your opinions i do miss the criticisms i didn't mean to be distant make a visit i wait up and keep the coffee brewing in the kitchen but who am i joking with there's no way that you and i will ever get to reopen it it doesn't matter this is more than love and maybe if i'm lucky get to see you out the corner of yesterday was that you look just like you all right a little more atmosphere for you here on the net live on a monday july 1st 2013 part of the fifth year of really our good. show, that's uh, BioSteel. You're uh, you're not drinking the pink, but you're having their one of their recovery shakes over there, prepared in uh, what a minute, minute and a half less. You're all set over there with the vanilla. Thanks to BioSteel for coming on and sending us some product. You can check them out at uh, BioSteel.com. Canadian company, fun stuff. Get the blender bottle too. Blender bottle, little ice. The bottle's key. Yeah, shake it up like a martini. Yeah, shaking, not stirred. <laughs> Your own little martini. Hey, it's been fun being on the road and catching up with the national team. We've been putting up some audio for you. We've had the last couple of weeks lots of different athletes out there that you get to hear from 
as we watch Wimbledon. And uh, there is a little mm-hmm. a little area there. You know what? I was right next to that. Did that you know that was position. their broadcast position? I did not. I've sat in that corner, though. That little corner the there. the best place to see tennis? Dude, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That's okay. a nice spot. Yeah, that's a neat spot. It's, they're a little higher, actually. If you're sitting down thought, on the yeah. floor, you're a little low. Uh, but, yeah. Good spot there. But we've been giving you some interviews. We've been giving you some of that, that audio from people that are on site. Now the teams are going to be overseas. We won't have an opportunity to do that because that's all tape delayed and done in the studio. But we did have an opportunity, I did, to catch up with Andrea Becker, member of the national team staff. Had a chance to talk to her and about her role. And also, if you're a coach out there and you're thinking about the mental side of the game, you mm-hmm. think you want to bring somebody on, she has some advice for where oh, you can go. Oh, I like that. Go. I want to hear this. This is ABCA. Coach's Corner, Andrea Becker, mental coach to John Spraw, wherever he is. World League weekend number three, after match number one, three zero United States. Practice just before the second match and catching up with Andrea Becker. What's your official title here with the team? Currently, I'm serving as a consultant coach. A consultant coach. Okay. So do you get to the X's and O's of volleyball at this point after your couple of years of experience? Well, this particular weekend, we're short on coaches, so um, I have the privilege of being on the bench, which has been an honor, and they have me doing the offensive stat chart. So uh, usually that's not my role, but for this weekend, I'm happy to do it. You're the new Mike Seeley? Uh, Not quite. I don't think I could fill those shoes. (laughs) Certainly not that hair. I mean, Mike Seeley, fashion forward, for sure. No, in all seriousness, your role as a sports psychologist... Mm-hmm. Right? Psychiatrist, psychologist? Uh, sports psychology consultant, because I'm not a licensed psychologist. Okay, so your role with John prior to joining the national team with Irvine, with UCLA, and now here. Try and describe how it got started. Oh, my gosh. How did this <laughs> Well, we don't have a lot of tape, but... <laughs> um, I met John in 2007 through his mom. And he was very progressive in terms of the mental game and what he was doing with his team at UC Irvine. And originally wanted to incorporate a more systematic approach to mental training with his team. And when David Niffen uh, left for Illinois a couple years ago, asked if I would like to come on board to try to help him do that with his team. And one of the things I learned in doing that was that Um, It's difficult to develop systems of training because every team and individual is so different. And so what we've um, leaned toward is an individual approach where we can figure out what each individual guy needs from the coaching staff and from themselves in order to perform at their highest level, and then we try to tackle it from, from that direction. How different is the environment today for your type of consult into the sports world than it was even 10 years ago. This seems like something that's brand new. The field as a whole, in in terms of sports psychology, is a newer field. I would say in the 1960s, they started doing profiling on athletes, hoping that personality profiling would help them predict outcomes and performance, and they came to a, a standstill with that. They weren't able to do that successfully. Since then, the field has... Um, been very slow in its progression, but in the last five or ten years, I would say that a lot of professional and college-level teams have um, realized the value of having someone on staff that is a little bit of an outsider with a different perspective and with maybe a different set of skills. It's still coaching. It's just not necessarily coaching the physical, technical, tactical techniques, but more of the mental. And so in the last few years, 
you've seen a lot more sports psychology folks on benches or in dugouts, um, on sidelines, working with professional-level teams and high-level teams. How different is it to work with a male or a female team? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, as a female I, a sports psychology person, I would say that the difference for me is that on the women's teams, I think that I have a more immediate credibility. Um, and with the men's teams, I've had to earn it, and which has been fun. And but but all teams have high-level athletes who deal with a lot of the same issues, and and if they think that you can help them to overcome some of those things or to just take their performance from where it is and get them to where they want to be, then most of the athletes I've found have been pretty open to it. How do you earn it? With your pepper game? <laughs> no, I think just um, being involved in everything, and uh, I think they know that I'm here for them and not for myself. And I also think that it helps when you have a head coach that's highly supportive of what we're doing and and me personally, John has been very uh, supportive of everything I've done and talks highly of me in front of the team and always asks for comments and just has included me as a, a traditional member of the staff. And so I think that helps a lot. Are you a confidant for some of these guys and stuff that in maybe in the training environment that we're sitting in right now, they're not willing to admit or say, but they'll say to you? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, it's nice to have someone who's traveling along, who you can talk to um, and maybe share things that you don't want to share with the coaches, but maybe it's something that you want to get out just to get it off your chest. And it could be related to performance. It could be just related to travel or maybe something that's going on in their family, but it's nice to have a little outlet. I think that for some that's a nice bonus to have along on the trips. If some coach out there is looking to involve a person like you in their program, where are the places they can look inside of a college setting? Inside of a college setting? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if I'm a coach of a college, mm -hmm. where can I get your type of services? Right. I think um, if your school has a kinesiology department, you could start there and see if they have a, a professor of sports psychology who has contacts either in the area or within the university. Um, we also have an organization, the Association of Applied Sports Psychology for Applied Sports Psychology, and they have a directory of um, people who are registered um, sports psychology consultants, and so you could search by area, and so that would be a way to go about it. Okay, that's good, because we have a lot of coaches who listen to the show and want to know if they're interested in exploring this further, where they should go. With this team in particular, this is a young team. We've talked a lot about it on the TV. We've talked a lot about it on our podcast and, and this group being in a real kind of changeover mode. What are some of the issues, without getting specific to people, that you're dealing with and some of the, the macro themes that are coming up? I think um, right now, since we are a young and maybe a little bit less experienced team, um, I think it's about developing trust within this team and getting to know each other and I think that's happening pretty fast, especially as you travel on the road and spend a lot of time with each other. And the more you get to know each other, the more you know how to communicate with each other on the court and, and interact in that way. So I, I would say that's one of the things that we're dealing with. But I think the culture has been very positive. I think the guys are, I hope, that they're enjoying their time. And I think they're they're buying into the system and that, that John and his staff has put into place and... I think that the staff 
camaraderie and the people that are around the staff have have all been really great. So it's been a very positive experience. I hope it's been the same way for the for the guys. <laughs> how, how different are the needs of this team versus the needs of your your UCLA athletes? Oh wow, um, that's a good question. I think that at the college level. Um, Maybe they need a little bit more interaction from the coaching staff, and um, they want us to get to know them more as people. Not that these guys don't. I don't know how much of a difference there really is. I mean, an athlete's an athlete. Yeah, I think so. I think there, it's it's not even about an athlete. It's about being a person mm-hmm. and just wanting to be treated well as a person. And I think that's important. And I think everybody needs and wants that. So I don't know how different it is from my perspective. How about the travel for you coming up? Poland, Brazil, Argentina. You been to any of those places? No, I have not been to any of those places. I'm actually going to Poland, and I will not be making the trip to Brazil. Uh, oh, they're going to mentally crumble. <laughs> I had a previous obligation that I, so I'm unfortunately going to have to go home for that, and then I hope to head back to Argentina for the World League Finals. So uh, I'm keeping a positive outlook that we will be one of the teams that make it. So. Okay, Andrew Becker, thanks. Thank you. There you go. Impressive. She's uh she's cool. She's very cool. And I think she makes a good point about trust. No doubt. And a good point about people wanting to be treated good as people. And I think that's one of the problems I saw with the two thousand team in retrospect. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> people just weren't getting treated well. Yeah. Anybody. Top down, you mean? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. It just wasn't good. Just in the inner Interpersonal dynamics of the team. Of the team, yeah. And that and that shows up, especially under stress. As we were yeah. saying earlier, you learn about your team under stress. And any time that team got under stress, big problems. There were times where that team could roll. I think we were 5-0 and in the first five matches of World Cup oh, really? in 99, qualifying for the 2000 games, and then lost to Russia, tough five-set match. And then we just crapped out. We didn't play well the rest of the yeah. tournament. All we had to do was beat Korea and or Canada. We couldn't do it. Terrible teams. Couldn't do it. Mentally crumbling. And had had our team been better at relying on one another, at understanding yeah. one another, at being a team, I think we would have done much better. And and as I've said for years, I lumped myself into that category of not treating my teammates appropriately. Different in 04, though. 04 was the seed from which 08 grew. Yep. The attitudes developed by that group and the way that group was starting to function mm-hmm. together with and for one another and the addition of Hugh McCutcheon, that was the seed of 08. Yeah. You could see a lot of those themes carry through, and it was it was very cool. And that's been going on now. It's been better. And I, I think if you're going to have change inside of an organization like USA Volleyball, inside of a, a team setting like the indoor national team, it takes time. And that's what's going to happen with the beach athletes. All the the issues that are going on with USAV and, and beach volleyball athletes and people holding on to grudges from 10 mm-hmm. or 15 years ago, and this is wrong and that is wrong. Yeah. But it's not even this is, it's this was. It's really time to let it go. they got to let it go. And the, But yeah. the only way it's going to happen is to let those folks move on. You have to establish a new way of doing things. You have to mm-hmm. do it for a prolonged period of time. Yep. And then that won't be an issue anymore. And you have to get rid of the people who believe yep. that it's still 1997 or it's still 2005 or whatever whatever past yeah. prejudices, that, prejudices they are holding on to. You have to let 
those people age out because you know what? There's no change in their opinion. There's nothing you can do to change their opinion. Yeah, and I great. think there was a lot of that with the indoor team from 96 through 2000. A lot of that. A lot of guys who were just bitter, who could not let go of stuff, could not find a new way to function. Yeah, I agree. And it starts dragging the whole organization down. So you've got to got to change it at some point. But I like to focus on that side of the game and the attention to that side of the game. And not in a hokey manner, not in somebody coming in and playing little mental training games with the team. Somebody who's actually legitimately there all the time, understands the team, understands the pressures because they're involved, because they're part of the pressures, and whose entire job is to think about how to manage the athlete mentally or manage the team mentally and get them into the right focus and the right place. They're not responsible for the physical training. They're not responsible for the flights. They're not responsible for some other scouting or something else. Their responsibility is the mental side of the Look team and game. Look how much credit was given to Dr. Gervais, who we've had on this show, Yep, by Kerry. First F-bomb ever. Yes. Yeah. It, to have a confidant who you can talk to, mm-hmm. to have someone who is able to maybe watch what you're doing, give you feedback on what you're doing in a non-volleyball sense, Feedback on how you're interacting with the group. That those things are valuable. Yeah, I mean, Kerry let Mark Warshkel and I in the room, and in our, in our camera. You know, we have a lot of that documented. You know, put together a lot of. Uh, what happened to that, by the way? It's it's still going, buddy. Okay. Just trying to uh, trying to get some final funding for it. Okay. Not easy out there. Somebody though. was asking me. Somebody was asking me. Um, and just some unbelievable moments with her and, and Doctor Duvet that, like, you know, with her it, emotionally having a moment this is last summer before leaving for China in May or whenever that was and her just having this battle of like here I have these two little boys at home and I, I don't think I want to even go I got all this pressure you know it was just it was right. really a, a raw emotional organic moment uh, that that you you know to, to watch that you know and you see you know because that's not the person you see on the court right <laughs> you know what I right. mean so to see it Right in front of you, is being played out was 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 pretty remarkable. Folks, lots of times don't understand that these icons, yeah, any sport, entertainment, politically, yeah, whatever, they're people. Yeah, I mean, the kid, we we literally would drive to the airport and like you know, Mark would be there with Cameron, like she's getting out of the car, her sister driving, and like she's bawling, and the kids are going nuts because mom's gone. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it, was, it was real. <laughs> if you have kids, you understand it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it was. It, it was pretty amazing. I remember going, man, and seeing this as Mark would gather it and then looking at it being like, wow, you just have no idea. You just think they're this machine right. that goes out there. and you know, But all kinds of things, those two, too, learning how to communicate. And Misty was one way, Carrie was another. I mean, it's amazing the behind the scenes to see how those that, that team was. And they're the most successful team in the history of, of, of the sport. They're people. Absolutely. And this is any time you're you're approaching or thinking about approaching a celebrity. Yeah. Remember that they're people. Yeah. In in both senses. First of all, remember when you talk to them, they're just folk. They're folks just like you. Yeah. Right. They just happen to get a lot of pictures and a lot of video taken of them. And they probably make more money than you. That. Yeah. Remember that. Also remember, they deserve the respect that you would want if they're eating dinner. You yeah. know, you, you know, it's so funny. We talk to these NBA guys and football guys, and you got to remember that they're just like these young guys. It was weird. I, I don't know if I ever said this on the show, but 
was during the Laker season, and they have this golf tournament, right? And, and, and we went as Time Warner Cable Sports Center. So you get put at a table. Well, I was put at a table right next to Dwight. And, and I barely knew him at this time. Like he had been into the sh- – to, to, we had interviewed him a few times. So like he knew me as a hello. Sat down and started chatting, and it was right around – they got back from a road trip, and he, he'd been playing well. And and I, I I remember pumping him up like and telling him, man, you've been getting you get hammered out there by the refs, you know. You know they're, they're not calling anything. And it, Barney, it was almost like I was feeding him. He was like, he's like, yeah, you think so? And he's just kind of looking at me like like, like a kid, like a, like yeah. a player that I was coaching. He's like, yeah, man, that's what I've been telling everyone. Like, you don't think I'm getting those calls either, huh? And I'm like. No, I don't. I go, man, but yeah, you know what? I don't think you're getting enough credit for, for playing hurt too. I was kind of pumping him up a little bit, and he was like, "Yeah, man, thanks." You think like I was like hey, Dwight Howard? He's like 26. You know what I mean? But he like needs the approval, yeah. and he was just like this. He's a kid. just an everyday guy. It was like me yeah. and you talking. That's what they. That's it, it, just, it's, it's, you know, it really puts it in perspective. It's funny when you talk to athletes. When I've talked to NBA guys or mm-hmm. NFL guys or guys I've come across yeah. here or there, right? It's the same. Thing I, I remember, we went out one night. Lambert and I, we were in Utah. We went out with Adam mm-hmm. Keefe one yeah, night. Yeah, of course. Keefe out playing with us. Yeah, we went out with him. And what you realize, it's the same people. There's just a lot more zeros floating around. Yeah, but it's the same stuff that's yeah. happening. The same dumb stuff. The same yeah. family stuff. The yeah. same. The same stress. The same yeah. everything. Yep. It's just a bunch more zeros. But they're people. But remember that yeah. when they're eating dinner, let them eat dinner. I know. You know, I I walked into. I, I think I told the story on the on the show before, but. I saw Charles Barkley in Atlanta this year. I was down there for Supercross, went to a place called The Optimist. Yeah. Great place, by the way. Go if you're uh-huh. going to be in the Atlanta area. Look up The Optimist and go. I'm at The Optimist. I, I'm just standing in the bar waiting for my table. I look over, and there's Charles Barkley sitting at a table. Sure. I said, Darian, I said, hey, look, that's Charles Barkley. She goes, she, some of this, that, we were talking, and she said, are you going to say hi to him? I'm like, well, not right now. Yeah. He's at, he's at he's dinner like with this woman. Cutting his filet. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, not right now. But then I sat down. And Charles got up. I saw him walk across the room. You can't miss Charles. And he goes into the bar. And from where I was, I could see like the, the front bar, not yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the waiting bar. He's in the front bar. And I could see out there. And he's sitting down. There's maybe 10 other people in the bar just hanging out. And they're chatting and laughing. And he's taking pictures with some folks. And it's obviously some people he doesn't really know. But yeah. he's just hanging. Because yeah. he's a guy. right? Yeah, he's, he's actually great in those situations. He's Charles. He's big Charles. right? Yeah. This huge icon. I'm not a role model. All that other stuff. right? But he's a guy. He's just hanging out, having a good time. So I get up, and we're about to leave. It happened to be Charles had gone to the bathroom, passed out, yeah, yeah. without giving you the layout of the whole restaurant. I told Arian, my wife, I said, look, look busy. We're at the front of the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, just look for something. Yeah, yeah pretend you're, yeah. We're hanging out for Rummaging a Rummaging through your purse. That's what she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. Yeah. So he's coming back. He, another table stops, and he takes a picture. Yeah. He's coming back and says, hey, Charles, man, you in town for the race? You know, just as an opener, just to say hi to him. You know, yeah. I say, hey, Charles, I, we work in the same business, this, that, and he's Really cordial. I got a couple sentences in. He introduced himself himself to my wife and, you know, said hi. Yeah, he's the couple interaction. I agree. He's a good guy. But you got to catch these people in the the right right spot. And if they're in the wrong spot, you have to realize that. Yeah. You have to realize I'm not going to try and take a picture on the side of them and bother them four times like Scotty Pippen. It's such a a great point by you, like – I I, I have a good friend who who, who we both know. I'm not going to say his name, but he he, is like – He's been bothered by Kobe for years because his son was getting a swim lesson, and Kobe's daughter was maybe too. I forget the story, but like Kobe kind of went up to him and asked for an autograph for his son. And like Kobe's kind of, hey man, I'm with my daughters. And like from that day, he's been really pissed about it. And, and, and it's like you know, I, 
yes, Kobe probably could have, but at the time he probably maybe that day he was like, listen, man, I'm I'm with my girls and I'm really going to focus on that and I'm not going to be Kobe. But you, you know what I'm saying? We don't right. know what he's going through at that point or just say hi. I, you know, there's nothing wrong. I always think about this. There's nothing wrong if you're walking by the guy. You're in the same social setting. Yeah. If you're walking by the guy or woman and you see him, just say, hey, I love what you do. Yeah. Let it flow yeah. with that. A compliment. That what you can never go wrong with that. I, I remember if my wife like person. seeing Leonardo DiCaprio. She loved, and we were like at the uh, you know, one of those back rooms at Staples Center, just going as fans. We yeah. had to, like Linda Rambo got us in or something. It's big game, and we're back there and like Leonardo, like, and I remember just like we're both like Leonardo, yeah, <laughs> like what's up? And he like said hi and just kept walking. It was like sometimes you just got to treat him like that. And you yeah, know, hey, you don't need to go. Hey, let's take a picture. I got to put it on yeah. Twitter. It's just like a, hey, what's up? This and is my just laugh about it, and then it's pretty funny. <laughs> That became my thing at the Olympics. Yeah. Introduce myself to every big time celebrity yeah. I could find. Yeah. Just go by and say hi. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Bella Caroli, Kevin Martin, Kevin Martin. Volleyball. <laughs> hey, John McEnroe, you know Kevin Martin, Eight out of ten, you're probably gonna get a good response. You might get those two, and it's a good story. I was you're gonna out. get leagued. Everyone's gonna get leagued out here. It's I was a part of it. I was walking out to beach volleyball one night because we'd gone over there to yeah. hang out. I'm walking out. Who walks by me as I'm walking out? Sean White. I'm like, hey, Sean White, what's up? He turns around. He's like, hey. Yeah, I that was it. <laughs> Because in their mind, just like with you, that happens in this volleyball world that's happened to me. We're like, you're like, God, do I, I know that guy? Or he'll yeah. come around town and yeah. he says hi to you. And you're like, believe me, Sean White's doing the same thing. Do I, do I know that guy? Who was, was I telling you? Maybe he was with Oakley. Like, how do I? Do I know him? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Sean? Because like, that's it. Because a lot of people don't do that. So if you do it, you know, they're probably like, do I know? Yeah. It's going to work out for you, most likely. I think there's two realms of the way people approach celebrities. Either A, they bother the hell out of them. Yeah, they just drive nuts. Or B, they're too scared to say anything. Yeah. Dude, they're just people. What's up, dude? Yeah. Later on. You know, that's what you'd say to your friends if you're blown by them. Hey, yeah. what's up? It's funny. I agree with you, Charles, though. And you, and you played that perfectly. Oh, he was he played was awesome. that perfectly. He says to me, best line, and I was using this this weekend. And uh, I think my wife said it to me last night. We were talking about broadcasting and stuff and World League. And she said, uh, same thing Charles told me. He said, man, keep stealing that money. Dude, it's so funny. Keep stealing that money. I've heard that from the athletes before. <laughs> Charles is stealing that money, yeah. man. He's getting paid to be Charles. You know what, though? Here's the thing with the pro athletes that, that become in the broadcasting world, and eh, it doesn't go for every single one of them. I'm going to generalize it, but they are stealing money because they don't have to do what the hosts do, what the no. producers do. Basically, they get paid to show up, have an opinion. Not a lot of prep work going in. No. They really are stealing money, and yeah. a lot of it. A lot of it. So if he's you're right on the money with that. Yeah. He is stealing a ton. Vinny Lopes wants to know if you can move to Dallas so you can pump up Dwight when he signs with the Mavs. <laughs> Mavs are in this thing. This is mentality. The Mavs Rockets, they got a shot. No, it's going to be interesting. They got keep, a shot, Vinny. Keep following that. Ugh, All right, I want you to know that there's an AVP ticket contest going on out there. You can win some tickets. Just hashtag <clears throat> AVP4 for four. They want to know what you're doing on July 4th, how it has to do with volleyball. So do that. You might win some tickets to an AVP event in the fall if you're a volleyball fan. Oh, man, i got to work a Galaxy game on the 4th. No, you're out. You're not a fan of volleyball anyway. You're you're like you used to be in the volleyball world. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I do miss it. Now you're a big Galaxy and Sparks fan. That's your entire your entire thing now. It's that Lisa Leslie jersey you're wearing right now. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Don't even think about it. All right, update from uh Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Wimbledon, I always say T. Djokovic. Won the first set six one. He is now behind in the second set to Tommy Haas. Tommy Haas? No, different Haas, Germany. Tommy Haas. 4-2. 
13th seed. These guys, these guys have a serious schedule. You talk about that the schedule for international volleyball athletes. It is brutal. You're right, tennis athletes. Tennis, tennis is brutal, bro. So much going on. Uh, we have a caller. Do we? We do. It's a number I recognize. Do I know the person? I think so. A somewhat famous individual. Am I going to be excited about him? In the volleyball world. Probably, unless he cuts your paycheck. Read pretty? Gentlemen, gentlemen. Yeah! Fresh off the celebrity golf doing? tour or wherever it is that he's spending his time these days. Reed, we were talking about you earlier in the show. My ears were burning. Yeah. In in, in 2016 yeah. and, and, and the possibility and... You know, uh, I asked if you were driven to, to be there, and Kevin said yes. And we're already putting you out of first ballot Hall of Famer, and we're putting you in the same sentence as Karch. We were really pumping you up, actually. You're going all Dwight Howard on him right now. Yeah, we were, we were like pitching you. It was weird. I don't know what happened, but we really were pumping our guy up. Wow. wow. I'm going to have to get, that, have on to get that on the podcast. Uh, you know what? I think I got erased. Reed, uh, where are you at? Are you <laughs> in uh, the big head? Don't want to give a bit too excited, but yeah, we were pumping you up. The Vegas house, the Huntington Beach house, the yeah, Tahoe house, the uh, the Manhattan home. Where, I mean, there's all these different places you could possibly be. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm in Huntington Beach, heading down to Irvine for a photo shoot for the upcoming, for the upcoming ads. ads. Actually, you know, uh, I've had to prepare for this one. Uh, we're actually going to recreate one of the most famous sports uh, iconic sports photographs. You guys would completely recognize it, but I'm not going to give it away. You're going to be driving a white Bronco. And... <laughs> no, no, I don't think they want that sort of brand affiliation. Hold on, hold on. Can I guess? Uh, I, I can't say one okay. way or the it's other. You like but, Muhammad uh, yeah. Ali. It's like you like Muhammad Ali standing over Sonny Liston or whoever that was that he knocked out, that famous picture. <laughs> that would be a good one. That would be a good one. I don't know. There's props involved. I will say though, uh, I am shirtless in the uh, photo, and so I've had to do some prep work for that as well. Interesting. Um, Lots of push-ups coming as soon as he gets out of the car. Interesting. But, well, I've already started a creatine drip uh, this morning. Nice. And I'm try to... But I do have because because I've been playing so much golf. I have got the uh, basically a, a Haynes BPT. I might as well be in a uh, Michael Jordan commercial. Haynes BPT white uh, tan lines. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't matter how much you try to get rid of that thing. If you're playing a lot of golf, Reed, you're just you're you're going to have that thing. It's just it's almost it, you can't replace it. Yeah, it's. Uh, my wife tried to suggest a few options, uh, and none of which Talk sounded. Uh, Do a little spray tan. So I had a, yeah, I had a few, uh, few beers, and a cigar out on the uh, patio uh, yesterday, and I put sunscreen on all the areas that typically get sun, and so I tried to burn the non-sun exposed areas. <laughs> now he's red and brown. What is going on? This is fantastic. This is fantastic, buddy. You're, you're now red and brown. Congratulations. <laughs> Well, I just That's thought I'd call in, you guys. Uh, I was listening to your your uh, your dialogue back and forth. And, uh, Geeter, I was so excited to hear your voice that yeah, I had to just nice call to in. Back. It's nice to be back. I guess uh, the last time I was here was the week after you were all in, so I've kind of missed you. Uh, but we did talk about you. We had a great uh, – God, we talked national team for, for a long time. The first uh, 
first 45 minutes. We had some great national team talk, both men and women, and had some great uh, sound bites. Uh, Barney did some great interviews with, with Max and uh, Pav and with uh, Spraw. So it was good stuff. Yeah, the indoor world, uh, the national team is great, obviously, because we've got so many uh, bright and shining you know, players coming up, which is exciting. Um, but I will say, I know we don't cover too much on the show, the overseas market, but it's it's literally the weirdest year since I've been playing professionally because uh, the Italian market has just absolutely collapsed. So it's the first time that we've seen um, Italian nationals sort of have this mass exodus. Yeah, and it's really? really flooded the market, and um, it'll be really interesting to see the economics of the uh, overseas volleyball. I mean, we've ridden such an amazing high. Yeah, uh, but at Italy's point, been at the forefront. Hasn't Italy been at the forefront of that? I mean, they've been. Uh, they, they haven't, been, and, and it's helped. Yeah, yeah, it's helped that, that they've never wanted to leave, really. Yeah, um, and now that now that they want to leave, and you know everybody else wants to leave, really. Uh, you know, you've got five or six teams that are paying max contracts around the world. And uh, then you've got this huge supply. And so uh, I would expect to see some real changes uh, in the overseas market. And um, it'll be just interesting to watch. Takes me back to the days of the Eastern Europeans, everything kind of breaking down over there. And you had a lot of good players from Poland, from Slovakia, from the Czech Republic, from different areas of Russia coming out into the marketplace. It really drove prices down for athletes because there were so many good athletes available for virtually no money. It would be interesting to see what the Italians uh, command. Yeah, it will. And it'll be interesting to see how much, how long Russia continues to pay top dollar, even when they don't really need to, because there's so much supply. So it'll be, you know, it'd be really interesting. And, and to be honest, that's what's, it's the overseas dollars that have kept uh, players in the game longer. And I think that's yeah. really benefited the game overall. So if if that's no longer really there, uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see which way it goes because I don't really see volleyball winning um, in the marketplace very much around the world. I mean, just sort of like in a Poland, Brazil, Japan, uh, and then all the other places. It's just sort of a uh, finance vehicle for much larger and bigger corporations and agendas. So. Yeah, man, our sport really got its work cut out for itself. I like how agenda is a cloak word for mafia. That's great. <laughs> well, I you mean, gotta play this the right way, guys. All those guys that you know, all you guys that played from 2004, 2008, 2012. I mean, you know, our guys were playing in great leagues and get great experience, and that ultimately, you know, you, you win a gold medal in 2008. What, what if you don't have those leagues to play in? Well, I think what happens is sort of when I first – it's kind of when Kevin was playing, um, everybody's sort of looking for their next move. And so you don't really yeah. get full buy-in and commitment because everybody wants to get their quote-unquote Olympic experience, but they're always sort of peering over the fence saying, okay, what am I going to do next? And then you I don't do really next? get that full concentration. No. Well, you have to. You're not making enough money to have it make a difference. <laughs> Right. That's part of the thing. Back it's then, also I mean, the age where you're in a relationship and you think about marriage or, or whatever the case is. You know, you have to start thinking about that next step and what do you do with your life. Your kind of college is now in the rearview mirror, and it's uh, you know you get to 27, 28. You got to start thinking, man, what's you know, <laughs> how long am I going to do this? It's a, it's impossible not to feel that way. Reed, you've you've been fortunate enough to see 
both ends of it here. You've played right through some of the end of the worst years and some of the good years here. What uh, what effect do you think that has on the way the game is approached by the players, not only staying in it, but also their attention span to, to staying in? I think uh, it's, there's pluses and minuses to it. It's funny you ask that question. I was just down at the uh, – um, down here in Huntington Beach on Tuesday nights, there's a farmer's market. You know, they shut down Main Street and everybody sort of walks it. And I was stopped by um, uh, a particular, Taylor Saunders' parents, actually. And um, we had a great conversation. And Taylor is an unbelievable talent with with uh, tons great. of future ahead of him. And uh, they were asking me all about the ins and outs of of the sport and agents and stuff like that because he obviously can't have those conversations now. But it's on his mindset, like, okay, well, what's the next move? And um, it's great that he's thinking already uh, like a football player would or a basketball player would, and because as he should. But at the same time, there could be a preoccupation with um, those things. And, and my encouragement to, to him and to all the other young players out there is be great at volleyball. Focus on being a great passer, a great hitter. You know, that should be your focus and literally – the other stuff will take care of itself. Now, that's easier said when the market's high and there's lots of great deals out there. Now, if, the, if that's not the case, then um, then it's a little harder to, to focus on those things. But then again, if you're the if you're really one of the best players out there, then, then you're going to have great opportunities. And so um, I think that's really, that's really the difference is you've got players now at a much younger age with their sights set on playing professionally. And I think that's a great thing, uh, but there's just got to be a balance there and, and not a pre- preoccupation with it. Good question. Coming off the chat board, Vinny Lopes wants to know, uh, with all the unrest that we've seen recently in Turkey, how much do the political wins and situation in a, any particular country in any year play into your decision as to whether to play in that league or not? Um it plays pretty big actually, you know, especially for when you're starting to deal with wives and children and, and families. Um, as it relates to Turkey, it's, uh, it's, it's such a weird thing because it's been, it was such a safe place all year. We never once felt, um, anything but safe. In fact, if you were to compare the incidences that happened within our, uh, Southern California area here, um, I mean, there was like five or six incidences that involved crazy people with guns. Um, so we were arguably safer where we were. Um, however, the things have really escalated there, and it's really confusing because they seem to be um, shutting down the media to really let us know what's going on. And we know, being Americans and having lived abroad, how skewed the press gets from a distance. And so it's hard to say what's, you know, how serious it is over there, but I, I'll have to say that there's no doubt that those, those sorts of things factor in, especially when you start talking about little children, you never want to put them in a situation that they could be in danger. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely an issue, but you bring up a good point in this. I, I had this experience myself playing against some uh, Yugoslavians at the time uh, or Serbians at the time when the United States was bombing Serbia, and a lot of reporters wanted me to give some quotes about it. I said, look, we're just here to play volleyball. And yeah. in, in any situation, when you talk to foreigners, when you're over there playing in Europe, they have a perception of the United States based on news that isn't necessarily 
really the view of wherever you're going to live because these countries are big places. Yeah. And and there's a lot of different stuff that can happen in a society that has no effect on the rest but just gets a lot of attention. So yep. it's it's good to have perspective yeah. on what's happening. Well, very good, Reed Pretty. Thanks for checking in. Good job, Reed Pretty. We, uh, we always enjoy hearing from you. Good stuff, guys. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, All right, buddy. get those push-ups in before the camera Yeah, seriously. On. All right? Spray sure. All right, later on. <laughs> Reed Pretty headed to a Mikasa photo shoot. It's not easy being big time. Man, that's a fun game, trying to figure out what iconic photo they're trying to recreate. Shirt off. I'm telling you, the Muhammad Ali one keeps coming into that's my mind. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so put it out there on our Facebook page or uh, email. What's the new Mikasa ad going to be? What iconic what photo? What iconic photo? I mean. Or what iconic photo do you want to see? That's even the better question. What do you want to see? Not even what, it, what is it, but what would be the funniest one that you could see? Well, shirt off what? Surfing? Boxing? Like, you got to think about that. Or is it like, uh, oh, Brandy did he, Chastain? Did he say sports photo? Yeah. Is he Brandy Chastain ripping his shirt off? He's going to be wearing a sports bra? Uh, maybe. You never know. <laughs> well, it's a I remember thinking of like famous, famous shots. I have to give that some thought. Yeah, I don't know. I'm stuck I mean, on the football, Muhammad Ali vision now. Basketball, baseball, they're usually got their jerseys on. Is he going to be stretching to the sky to pull in the, the pass from Joe Montana? Hmm? I have a shirt on, though. You have a shirt on. I don't know. All right, we appreciate all of you listening in. We appreciate those of you that are getting this via podcast. Thanks to the AVCA for their support of the program, Coach's Corner, on today's show. Thanks, everybody. Just a couple of months away. Remember, World League is going on. Also, uh, was it World Championships underway now yeah, for yeah, the beach? Yeah, just yeah. started, so we'll have a report on that next week. There is uh, World Championships in beach, and the world, and yeah, you just said that, and uh, we'll be a couple weeks out from the World Series of Beach Volleyball, so there'll be a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff finally happening in the world of volleyball. We appreciate you guys listening in and be a part of it. Drop us a line, thenetline yeah. at gmail.com. I'm Kevin. He's Chris, and it's over for July 1st. Stay cool out there, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for enjoying you. us. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> scotch, scotch, scotch.
Some kind of spinning away 